This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 a ticket veteran and Creed stand, Jake Bakoven. I love that band, Creed. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Welcome back on the block here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bakovic, and he is Eric Strickland, and it's time for Ask Strick. Text us in your questions for Eric Strickland, 402-464-5685. They're on the Sarder Heyman text line. And I'll get a couple questions going to warm up the group, um, but it's always a fun segment we do here. also have Nate Brennan, our producer, and, of course, uh, coming over from um, the, not the happy hour, but the Ticket Water Cooler. Yeah, so he's going to be in to ask a question yo, yo. as well. There he is. Uh, but uh, before we get to that, he did. He wanted me. He's he's been working on these uh, these game shows that we've done over the last couple of days. Um, so he also wants to make sure when when he puts in his work mm-hmm. that we that if we don't need the tiebreaker, we get the opportunity. So Strick, I know you I want. I think he'll today, get it too. I think you, he'll get it. Yeah, you get an extra chance here. No, I I, I just want to let everybody know here that I love that band Creed. <laughs> you do. I was gonna ask you that too. Are you are your ba- your favorite uh, band that people don't like? We'll get into that here in a second. Um, but how about uh, here, here's the tiebreaker question that would have been from the game show. We'll see if you get it. The the Warriors broke the all time record for most wins in a season, but didn't win the championship. The Bulls hold the record at seventy two for most wins in a season with a ring. What year did the Bulls win that championship? It had to have been uh, 96. That was 1996. You got that. And then he also had, who did they beat for that championship? I want to say Utah Jazz. It was actually the Sonics. That was the year that they beat Gary Payton (sighs) and the Sonics. That was a weird year. Like George Carl had like North Carolina rumors whether he was going to go back. Um, But anyways, that that was just kind of a a weird year. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, That that was cool. The Seattle Supersonics. Maybe that's the first question. How much do you miss the Seattle Supersonics? I know you you played against them, never played for them, but uh, everybody loves the Seattle Supersonics and wishes they were back. Yeah, I mean... I, I I think the Supersonics are deserving of a team. I think they they supported they supported that team very well. I mean it was it was good up there. Um, I definitely enjoyed playing there. Key Arena. I think they just I don't know if they wanted to invest. Um, Key Arena was kind of getting a little bit old. Um, you know they were looking for something, an opportunity to be able to go somewhere where they were probably going to get the the support to build it, and they found that Oklahoma City was a spot. Um, also <clears throat> something that, you know, it, it looks like up in that region because you had Vancouver leave as well. And then you also had, uh, Seattle leave. Uh, it, it's a tough travel. It, it really is. I mean, pretty much everywhere you go in Seattle is a long road trip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? From Seattle, from Vancouver. I mean, that's why I think we had 14 game road, road trips and we had these 10 game 14 because, once you hit the road, you want to be on the road. You know, if you're going east, you want to you want to yeah. be out there because it ain't easy to get from 
Vancouver and Seattle to to East for a couple of games and then trying to fly back home. And then, you know, it can be hard on you. So uh, I don't know if that was what it was. I mean, Oklahoma City feels, you know, being in the middle of the country, you're anywhere in three hours. You know what I mean? So did you guys get long, that, that did you guys get long home stands because of that, too? I'm assuming to make up for it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was part of the trade off. You get you get some long home stands and you get some some long road trips. So it was part of the deal, no question. That's interesting. Uh, off of YouTube, Team Z Two says, "What hobby did you start after your pro career?" Uh, golf. Yeah, you pretty. Yeah, good I love golfer. playing golf. I, I'm not I'm not as good as like uh, Ray Allen or or um, Stephen Curry or or those types of guys. But, I, you know, we used to play quite a bit. We had a group down in Dallas that we got together. We called it the BGA. And uh, <laughs> so it was like me, Spud, Spud Webb, uh, Michael Finley, Nick Van Exel, uh, <laughs> some football players. Um, uh, there was a few football players. Johnny would play with us. Um, he played with the Raiders. Um, Mike, Mike, actually, um, Mike Brown, who oh, yeah. actually played for Nebraska. Mike yeah. Brown played played a little bit for Nebraska for for a little bit before he transferred, and then uh, so we got a good group of guys that we get together. Sometimes it'd be fifteen, twenty guys. We get out, put a little money on it, little little skin game, and have some fun. Yeah, I love golf. Me and my dad play quite often too. Actually, we're looking to uh, we're, we're probably looking to take a trip. I mean, he wants to go to the Philippines. He wants oh, to kind nice. of go. He might go out to Ireland with me. So, oh yeah. I, I think I'm going to go out to Ireland and watch that football game as well. So, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That, that, there's some follow up questions there, though. Uh, that, that's pretty cool. Have you, how, how about how, just, you know, and, and we got some other questions too, but have you been outside of the country too much? What's your favorite destination that you've been to so far? Um, I would have to say Bora Bora was absolutely stunning. It was, uh, it was, it was one of the most beautiful places. I mean, you can get on a bike and ride the whole island. Oh yeah, um, that's how fun it was. I mean, we you know, got on a bike and just kind of rode around. You have these little cabanas that that were on the actual water. So when you would get off and if you wanted to wake up in the morning, sometimes you could have breakfast. They'll canoe it to you, and you could just literally get out. And it was amazing because you get in the water and you're snorkeling. The water is so crystal clear, you can see to the bottom. But then, you know, there was just a little reef. And then just beyond that reef, it like literally dropped off. It was like, pew! <laughs> so we, we we go out just, just to the edge of it, check it out, you know, take a dive and be like, oh, there's a little too much out there for me. Yeah, me get swim back, back in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those were, those, that was fun. That was one of the best ones. I, 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 I Prior to COVID, I mean, I had because I played basketball in some of the places that I really wanted to go. I really wanted to get to South America type. You know, um, I got got something in the plans. I might throw it on the block and I might even tune in on the block. But I got a South American trip coming up. Oh, so I'm going to I'm going to keep I'm going to keep the block abreast when I hit that one. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, Nate's got a question over here. Yeah, Strick, I don't know if you know this about me, but I graduated from Virginia Tech. So I'll make this more of a broad oh. question because I don't know if you ever ended up playing them. But do you have any memories? We did. Of, we of, actually did. Yeah. What, what yeah. were your memories of playing the Hokies? Um, Ace Custis was on the team at the time. Nice. And we uh, we played together um, while we were uh, in Dallas. And so. Uh, the Hokies were were tough. Um, I think we might have played them on. I want to say either in Puerto Rico or 
in in Hawaii. It was one of it was one of those times. We never went out there, or they came to us, but uh, we ended up playing them. Um, the the floors were were really slick. It was really tough. But yeah, the Hokies, uh, they they were they were a tough little breed. I, I wish we would have had a chance to go out there and 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 take them on out there in Virginia tech, but we never did really get a chance to schedule them. But yeah, definitely had a good run against them. Uh, Eric and Lincoln. We came up short. We lost. Oh, yeah. there, you go. That's the question. there we go. A little bit of bragging rights. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got that. <laughs> Eric and Lincoln says to strict. Remember when the bulls played the Clippers in an exhibition at Devaney said, Rodman got kicked out of the next exhibition game. And it was a good homecoming for Pike. Do you remember that? Um, I do. I do remember hearing about that. And I was very disappointed because we actually got scheduled and we were going to play the Bulls um, in Lincoln. And that was unfortunately the lockout season. Oh, yeah. That that ended up happening. So during the lockout season, we had planned to have an exhibition game there in Lincoln for us. And uh, it was already sold out. I mean, it was sold out as soon as the tickets were released. It was literally sold out. And we just weren't able to make it because obviously we didn't have the beginning of the season. We only played half a season that year. And that's kind of interesting too. Like uh, just at least from, from my age growing up, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of NBA exhibition games in Lincoln. Um, and then, you know, the last couple of years, they've, they've brought a few to it right, right back to it. But it used to be like my, my dad was telling me the Lakers came in with Magic Johnson back and they used to be actually, you know, the Devaney would, would draw in some ex- exhibition games. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Nate's got another question for us. Strict. What was the most difficult venue you played at in in college and then in the NBA? I mean, most people would think that Kansas would 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 have been it. I think for me, um, oh, you're you're saying as far as conference or just anywhere? Period. Just anywhere, just anywhere at all. The best fan oh. base, most difficult place to play. Well, I will say the most difficult place for me was in Syracuse when we played in the, uh, the NCAA tournament there, it, it, that thing is real. That depth perception, when you're just looking at all that space, it is actually something to, you know, to have to deal with. It's crazy that, you know, you're looking out and there's all that space and there's all this room and there's so much all around. It, that, that was a really tough place to play. Um, and what was the other one? And then in the NBA was the most difficult place to play. Uh, in the NBA, I would say uh, you you would be surprised at my answer. Are you ready? Let's hear it. It was actually the forum. And it wasn't because of the Lakers. It was because you get into the forum and there's distractions everywhere. <laughs> I mean, you look around and you're seeing some of the most beautiful people, women walking around and your your teammates are telling the ball boy hey yo go get give me that number over there you got all that stuff going on and and that was when you used to be able to really i mean it was like a model show it, you felt like you was in 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 a victoria's secrets model or something there was just people just you were able to walk around everywhere and it was one of the you know yeah, toughest places, I think, <laughs> to play. Just, just, just because of the eye candy that yeah, was all over the place. Distractions, that's fair <laughs> enough. Uh, this is Ask Strick, so if you have any questions for Eric Strickland, give us a text here on the Sardar Hammond text line, 402-464-5685. Uh, maybe this is a, a personal question, but any previous teammates you have blocked on your phone, JPS? Are there any teammates that you just can't stand? No. Uh, you know, I have a pretty good relationship with my team. 
what what ends up happening is some of the younger ones don't really have as much contact, but some of the older vets I've, I stayed in contact with for a while. I mean, I, for a while, I stayed in contact with AC Green. I still uh, talk to Spud, and I still talk to um, um, Cedric Sabalas uh, quite often. You know, Mike is is Mike Finley. Sometimes we'll text, you know, on birthdays and different things like that. Um, not much contact with Nash or those guys. I think you you lose a lot of well, you lose a lot of phones. So prior to when you have a lot of those those phone contacts, you 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 lose a phone before you had the iCloud, then it's tough to kind of find people and 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 recatch up with them. You know, you could try to do it through social media, but then you know sometimes they ain't always on it like that, and they're on it, but they're not on it like that, and stuff like that. So yeah, you 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 kind of lose touch. But there's some that I still keep in touch with, some that we still connect with in different times. But um, when I started refereeing, you you kind of had to separate yourself because you didn't, you know, those fraternization type of deals. Those, those were things that were, were pretty serious, so they didn't want that too much. And then guys are coaching now, like Robert Pack, I still keep in touch with uh, some, but he's coaching and they're they're busy, man. I mean, their yeah. schedules, that's one of the reasons I think I, I had, I didn't want to coach for a period in the NBA because it was like, you know, it was like worse than playing <laughs> in some instances. <laughs> Not that I don't mind the grind. I don't mind the grind, but it was like, it was worse than playing sometimes, you know, the, the, the hours and the schedules that, you know, you had to keep. And sometimes I like to sleep. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, especially after you've earned it after your career. Uh, Nate, you got another question? Yeah, Strick, if you could take one player in today's NBA and you would say he would be successful in the era that you played in, who would it be? Um, because the game has changed quite a bit, and I'm assuming that you see it more than we would. I think, um, I think Damian Lillard would would transcend. Um, I I think, uh, Kevin Durant would uh would 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 trans you know he would cross over LeBron would, um, definitely Kyrie, whoo. Yeah, definitely. Kyrie. Kyrie would have no problem. Kyrie was very much like his uncle, uh, Rod Strickland. He was. Yeah. You know, he had pats. So, yeah, he would transcend because he has trick bag. Um, You can tell early that Steph struggled. But when you're a shooter like that, you can cross over. It doesn't matter. You know, when you can stroke the ball the way that he strokes the ball, you you cross over. Let's see who else. Um, Is there anyone that you think I, that would? I think Embiid. Like- I think Embiid could oh, yeah. would be oh, yeah. Embiid would be fine. Yeah, no question. James Harden, you know, with the flopping and all that stuff, he would have trouble because he wouldn't get none of those calls. Those those calls wouldn't be going to his way. But he he would still do okay. Um, yeah, those are some of the ones that I think. All right, let's get to some more of the questions from the people here off the text line. Uh, Eric says some of the people, uh, some people think Steph Curry made kids start shooting more threes. For me, it was Strickland. Facts. He was the first player I saw taking <laughs> logo threes, and I was always pumped watching him launch from deep. So not necessarily a question there, but uh, did you ever get in trouble for for taking some deep threes that your coaches didn't like? I mean, if you didn't make them, that's the risk, right? Not in high school. I mean, if, if some of those had seen me in high school, some of my friends had seen me in high school, there could be times I'd cross over and, you know, the, the just say, just just put it this way, 
in the state tournaments and stuff like that, the logo was not a problem for Stricky. I'd, yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd raise up and let it fly. Um, yeah, those 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 weren't weren't a problem. I think in the NBA, it, it wasn't so. You don't you don't necessarily have the green light in that right. manner, depending on who you are. Um, but I definitely, when the shots were presented, I could take it. No one would say, you know, don't shoot. You know yeah. that type of thing, but uh, they had some of these cats now got the ultimate green light. Boy, you know those are some things that I would have loved to have played in at this time. I can still shoot a high clip though. Don't don't oh, get yeah. it twisted. I can go in the gym and still shoot a pretty high clip. I don't shoot very much as as much as I used to, but I you know muscle memory it still works. Well, it's kind of interesting too because you know you just had so many other aspects to your game that it wasn't so focused on three point shooting. Whereas today yeah. you would probably you know put more into that three-point shooting, I was kind of thinking like, you know, just looking at the history of uh, Nebraska and you kind of go through the best three-point shooters. Maybe sometimes you get a little overlooked uh, just because of the game change. Do you think if you played in the modern era, you'd get more more respect for that? Yeah, I, I think I think I would. I think, but, you know, because I was, like, like you said, a, a versatile player, I, my post-up game was was – phenomenal like you know that that was one thing that they they would do in the league like they they would say you know strict this play this plays for you and they put me on the post i get down there and work some people out so um yeah that was that that was the difference between then and now is is there's a lot more uh, work in that post mid post area uh at the elbow uh those things were were areas where i got to work See, I know Ray Allen was pretty well known for getting down there too and being able to do that as a guard. What were some of the other guards that um, you didn't want to see backing you down? Um, probably Gary Payton was the most uh, that you, you had you had trouble with down there. Um, you know, Kobe was 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 really good. Him and MJ were good at those those positions. A guy that would surprise you was Sam Cassell. Sam mm. Cassell and Mark Jackson. They they were guys that would get you down there and work you out a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, those, those were probably some of the guards that were really good at it uh, when they did it. Uh, Aaron Lincoln says, could, could Strick beat LeVar Ball one-on-one? Um, there's a YouTube video out there. Um, me and LeVar Ball had a little, you know, one-on-one did you? matchup. Oh, okay. Not playing, but I was a referee, <laughs> and I refereed his son, LaMelo Ball, and uh, Zion Williamson uh, and, in Vegas. Um, so I was the referee for that game. And, um, so there was a instance where we had to team up and we had to hit him a couple of times. So we had to put him in his chair. So I had to kind of manage that situation one-on-one and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> had to get it done. You had to you go quiet him down then. I had, to, I had to, you know, I had to, I had to make it happen. You know, <laughs> yeah, I had to take charge of that specific situation, and and he adhered, and and it was good to see that he took, you know, he 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 adhered to the ruling. <laughs> uh, another question off the text line: Worst injury you've played through? What was the toughest one? Um, a second degree high ankle sprain, and it was it was because it it was so limiting as to what you were able to do. It limited the things that you did well the cutting the you know the 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 being able to get to the paint and elevate yeah that was probably the hardest one that i had to deal with and it took so long because when you when you tear ligaments or you stretch ligaments they don't heal very quickly so it was a prolonged injury it was something that you know that went for a long time and then if you're trying to play it just it doesn't give it time to heal 
So I would say that second degree ankle sprain on my right ankle was was one of the ones that was toughest. Yeah, that sounds like a lingering injury. Um, yeah. Uh, Meester says, uh, "What was your first oh snap moment? Like oh snap? Okay, yeah, this is this is the NBA. Was there like a, a moment like okay, I arrived?" Uh, I would have to say it was it was the day I got the assignment for Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. Um. That that I think that would be the the time when you know Coach Nelson said, "Hey, you know your assignment is Mike tomorrow," and normally I probably would have covered either B.J. Armstrong or Ron Harper or, oh, yeah. or somebody like that. But he said, "No, you know tomorrow that's your assignment." And so when you're looking at the person where you wore his shoe, your shoes, his shoes in high school. And you're like, man, and they're they're winning like they're winning. And you're like, man, this this is it. But then all of a sudden, the referee, you shake hands, you do all of those things, the pregame, and you, and then the the referee has the ball and he's about ready to 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 put it in play. And you're like, I don't care who he is now. It's let's yeah, go. Yeah, you know, that that part it just switches. So yeah, I think that was it. I I I also think the moment where. Not when I made the team, but when I came back to the team. Because I actually went to the CBA for about a month. And uh, they released me uh, prior to having to guarantee my contract. So um, when I came back, um, I just had like 40 uh, in Grand Rapids. And uh, they, I got the call getting back to the hotel. My coach says, hey, man, just, you know, pack your bag. You're, you're about to go back to Dallas. You're going to go meet them out in Vancouver. So... Getting back to Vancouver, knowing that they only had seven players on the roster, it was that that was the moment where I said, "Okay, you're here. The door's cracked. Don't just leave it cracked. Kick it in. And I knew they had to play me. I knew I had about three games before Michael Finley and the whole crew, all them came. I knew I had about three games. It was that one. It was the Sacramento game where my assignment was Mitch Richmond. And I had like 25 and he had like 21. Like I, I, you know, that was when I, I didn't come off the court after that. I was a regular yeah. starter. Yeah. Oh man, that's cool. Uh, also, also off the text on the trade deadline just passed. Did, were you ever traded or what was kind of like the locker room feel yeah. of being in the, in, in the trade deadline and going through that? So I was traded in the off season. Okay. So they had called me, the Mavericks had called me to do like, go to a specific location where they were having a draft party. And I had to sit there and talk to the the media and talk to the people and talk about the Mavs drafts. And while I was doing all of that prior to their, their having their draft, I think it maybe was in getting towards the second round. My agent calls me on my phone and he's like, yo, get out of there. And I was like, well, what's going on? He's like, they're about to trade you. So, mm. you know, yeah, you need to, you need to leave like right now. Yeah. So that was, that was one of the things, the way that that happened, because obviously it was a business decision and is understandable. So, but it, it, you know, the way it happened was like, dang, word. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it, yeah, it, it did. so I didn't really get to talk to my teammates because it was in the off season. Yeah. You know, at that point. What was there? Was there other like, especially after that, when the trade deadline? I just always thought it was weird. Like, you know, how would the locker room feel, especially kind of the fringe guys that um, have heard their names in reports or stuff like that? Like, what what is the 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 feel? Because you're obviously building up to this deadline, and then 
you know, you can kind of breathe that, you know, breathe, breathe, you know, your sigh of relief once it's passed. But that that day or the two days kind of leading up to it's got to be kind of nerve wracking. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily the actual trade. It's the rumors. Yeah. So it's it's the rumors where you're dealing with your teammate who has to deal with the aspect that he's 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 in the trenches with this bunch of guys that at a moment's notice or prior to the deadline, this could change. So it's not necessarily that. I mean, you love them, you, you hug them, you dap them, you, you know, man, go do your thing, whatever. But it's the rumors. It's the prior to, like you said, it's dealing with all that buildup. And then if it doesn't happen, you know, watching just how they, they deal with the aspect that this team tried to wanted to move them or tried to move them and it just didn't happen. So those those are some tough times. I can see it in the guy's eyes. It's it's tough. Yeah. Uh, a few more for you here. Drizzlefish says top three players you played against in high school. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's that's pretty easy. Um, well, you're talking about total or in the metro? Uh, he just be, said in high school. I'm, I'm assuming he's he's hoping just for total? metro. Maybe both. I mean, I, go ahead and give both. You got you got to look at Jason Kidd. Um, Jason Kidd when we played in the. Uh, in Vegas, uh, he was he was one of the toughest ones. Um, Andre Woolridge, obviously, um, who went on to have a, a stellar career at Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, then Curtis Marshall, who was uh, ended up playing at NC State, he was he was always tough. And then of course Terrence Badgett. I mean, I didn't have to guard Badge or anything, but uh, Terrence was tough. Terrence yeah. was, 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 he was an anomaly type of kid when he came out, you know, his ability to shoot, dribble, handle, post you up. He had a wide range of games. So though, yeah, he was tough. And the last question, wet blanket wants to know the most famous number in your phone, maybe even outside of sports, I suppose, or maybe, maybe it is sports. Your most famous hmm. connection. <laughs> Great question. Um, in, in any sport or just any, I suppose anywhere? just anybody, I guess. That's what he just said, most famous. Huh. Well, I got a few, but let me think. Um, most famous. Shoot. Oh. <laughs> Actor. Um, hmm. Dang. I, it makes me want to go in my Yeah, now you got to go find out yourself. <laughs> um, no, I... Dude, I got a few people, and then that's crazy because there's a lot of people in my phone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, oh. Dominique Wilkins. Yeah, that's a pretty big one. <laughs> that's a pretty good Maybe. answer there, Dominique Wilkins. And then Drumstick even texts in um, a picture of you guarding Allen Iverson and says "dope," which was very cool. You and your Celtics jersey, and to me as a Celtics yeah. fan, I like that one too. So that's that was regular. Cool. Yeah, that was yeah. that was regular. Yeah, you guys. Me, yeah, you matched up quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, I used to have to tell the referees before I played Allen, I would say, I'd have to go to the referees at half court and I'd say, hey, listen, Allen's 165 pounds soaking wet. I'm 220. He's going to bump into me. And when he does, don't give him that flop. Don't, don't, yeah. I'm not moving. He's not going through me. I'm not moving. So don't give him that. Oh, Alan will come over and be like, no, no, strict. No, no, that's a foul. And no, man, you bumping into me. You trying to get. And we would go back and forth with the refs. They would be laughing and so forth and so on. So those are some funny times with, with Alan. 
But Allen was, yeah, you know what? Allen is a misunderstood dude. A lot of people just misunderstand him. He really is just a genuinely nice, authentic dude. Yeah, he that, really is. That's cool to hear. Uh, I know his, yeah. his his practice rant or whatever is a lot. A lot of people remember they don't realize yeah. he just dealt with the passing of a close friend when he was dealing with that. So yeah, I mean, no, he's just a genuinely nice dude, man. He really is. He's really misunderstood. He loved the game. He gave everything he had, whether he was injured, whether whatever the case may have been. He, he was playing for the Sixers and to to try to make them a champion, and and I and I can appreciate that for a guy that that had his type of abilities. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, we will take a quick break. Uh, maybe we'll get a few more questions here. Asterisk is uh, very successful, and thank you guys to to throwing in the, out those questions for us. Uh, also, we might uh, might get to. Um, ranking the new hires in the NFL this past offseason. Uh, nine new hires um, and, and a lot of places to go there. A lot of different thoughts. If you look at the different rankings across the internet, they're all different. So maybe get our own thoughts on that. Uh, coming up next here on The Blog. 